Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The big board and other early pre-draft best ball tournaments been out for a little bit and the ADPs are a moving. Some of your favorite players and probably your favorite rookies are not at the same price they were when this contest opened. So how do we react to the moving ADPs, the moving landscape and some different prices on our favorite players? We're going to figure that out and put it to the test tonight in a big board draft on underdog fantasy. Let's do it. Good evening. Good evening. Happy Monday. We're riding solo tonight. Thank you uh, for joining us. Um, wow. Yes. GM. GM. Let's go. I agree. Um, sorry. Best balling. No Rob. No Rob tonight. Rob is traveling. So we're going to, you guys are going to help me pick up the slack. Uh, putting together a, uh, as, a <laughs> as the Arizona Mountain Man says, ripping drafts in February the life. I totally agree. The fact that we can all come together and draft a freaking draft continual, constantly be drafting fantasy football teams in February. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Um, let's see here. Excuse me. What else we got? To, yeah, definitely. Um, if you have not listened to the uh, uh, rookie guide rookie breakdown that pat and i did hope you're ready for uh long-windedness and lots of conversation uh but i thought it was i thought it was, it was pretty pretty good we got into about as much detail as you can get into on a uh best ball podcast uh specifically focused on rookies one thing then a, a kind of pat and i talked about was you know we could easily do a bunch of different episodes and uh uh, <laughs> and this is great. Rob's saying, thank you for, uh, not asking me, uh, to edit that. That's what we're going to do. Uh, next, next episode is try to go longer and see if we can get, uh, Rob to edit it for us. But what I was going to say is, I mean, we could have either done, you know, hour plus long episodes on every position and rookie strategy and all that. We decided to lump it all into one. We did not expect to go <laughs> for four hours, but, uh, the conversation led there. And like I said, I am I am long-winded. It was uh it was uh the epitome of my my long-windedness, but it was fun. Uh Robert Griffin, the turd, which is a hilarious, absolutely hilarious name. Says great work. Good. I'm glad I'm glad people enjoyed it. Uh 
Bobin, Bobin accounting, Bobin accounting. It was great work. Appreciate, appreciate the feedback, but um, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to draft a, a big board team. So I've been thinking a lot about before we hop in the draft, I've been thinking a lot about, <laughs> God, God damn it. This is, you guys are killing me. Uh, Benjamin said that episode got on base. Amen. Amen. I'm going to see how many times I can say got on base from now until the season starts. <clears throat> got on base, waterfalls. How many times we can talk about Kyron? Yeah, those are all the things that we're going to try to see if, how many times we can do it before the season gets here. Uh, and agree with Rob. Press the like button or uh, we're going to keep this baby going until tomorrow. Although I'm I'm running on fumes. So no, we're not going to keep this thing going. We're going to hop in this draft here in just a minute. But super quick intro to the draft, like where it stands right now, right? Why I think it's important to like continue to do these draft streams and have these conversations is the fact that, especially right now, with so much uncertainty, like the best ball draft calendar almost has its own small little subsets of time where the strategy becomes very, very different. Um over the course of the summer, the strategies which we employ are going to be different than the strategies that we employ right now in freaking February and March. But it's because the, the game is like a little bit different. It's still best ball, right? We're still drafting fantasy football teams. We're still playing by the rules of best ball. But we're, we're drafting into a player pool where like we don't know a damn thing about most of these players. We all have our opinions on on the rookies, as uh, as Bindle says, Malik Washington. No matter what, that is um, that is my my draft day. I am Kevin Costner. Malik Washington is my guy, but he's also a good example, to be totally honest, of a situation where our favorite player that we like to draft in the twentieth round. If uh, I think somebody in the chat mentioned that, uh, yeah, Devin says. Uh, I was in a draft last night and Malik Washington went at pick 152. Eric needs to chill on touting him. I will not chill on tout on uh on touting Malik Washington, but good example of the things that I'm trying to think through right now in these drafts, right? We come in, I started writing a little bit about this. So that article is going to hopefully get posted a little later tonight, where the article title is Players I've Changed My Mind On Since, you know, starting the 2024 process. And uh, I haven't changed my mind on Malik Washington. Don't worry. Malik Washington, no matter what. Totally agree. But you come in, you try to assess all the situations across the NFL it, with all this uncertainty, right? Free agents, rookies, coaching changes. You can't really appropriately account for everything, certainly not in a first pass. So I create the rankings. <clears throat> I start to put together you know, my favorite players, favorite ways to draft, draft strategies, structures, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, weeks happen and other people are drafting. ADPs are moving like crazy. And we we can't just like stay totally stubborn and stuck in our ways. Plus we're, we're constantly learning more. We're constantly researching more. We're talking to other people. I'm talking to Pat for 16 hours in a row on a, on a podcast and you're learning things. You're gaining knowledge from some of these other people, or, you know, I'm talking to folks in the discord almost every day, asking questions. I'm asking about Brandon Ayuk today, and we're gathering more information and learning perspectives from other people while ADP is changing. And while the market is kind of picking and choosing the players they like and the situations they like and don't like maybe more specifically, and so we have to stay on top of all that and why i'm like i'm excited to just like keep this rhythm of these monday tuesday drafts is 
It'll put us into this rhythm where we can constantly be evolving and reacting to the things that we are seeing in the market. And a big one that I am seeing that the folks, you know, are outlining as uh, Malik Washington being the, the, you know, the main uh, name that outlines this or highlights this, but like a lot of our deeper, you know, rookies, young players, situations that were huge edges that we saw, like when the contest opened, some of them still exist, but the market's shifting, right? Malik Washington isn't going and you can't get him in the 20th round every single draft now. So that changes the calculus a little bit on how we want to approach some drafts. And specifically, the big thing that's been jumping out for me is I was basically all in mostly zero running back to start. But even if it wasn't zero, I was really trying to stick to like a hero running back approach. And I'm finding that a lot of my later mid to later round running backs are becoming a little bit pricier. I think I tend to agree with the market on, on some of these risers. And it's funny because last summer it was a weird situation where I tended to disagree on a lot of the guys, guys who I really liked kept falling. JK Dobbins kept falling. Jackson Smith and Jigba kept falling. Kyle Pitts kept falling. All these guys you were talking about a bunch of zeros there. Uh, but these guys kept falling and it, it wasn't until, you know, end of summer when some things finally started to settle in that I was more in line with the market this so far in the big board, maybe it's because you sickos are out there drafting the, the Malik Washingtons and Ray Davises and such. But like I used to be able to comfortably come into every single draft and get and like know what my last couple of picks were going to look like. And I mean, even Trey McBride started at like pick 100 and now he's going far higher. And the the strategy around it has totally changed because of, of all that fact. And so I we're going to see how this this draft goes. We'll see what draft position uh, I get. But I, I'm a little interested in um, diving in to some earlier running backs and see what that structure brings to me. I haven't drafted many of this. Most of my big board drafts have, like I said, been basically they've all been zero or hero running back teams. And I want to see what happens when I dive a little bit more into the early running backs, depending upon the drafts that we get here, right? But then how can I you know, still bring in some of these later round wide receivers. I have a little less of some of the later round wide receivers than I would normally have because I've been so focused on hammering these late running backs and drafting zero running back teams. And as the market kind of shifts in the favor of that draft strategy, I want to kind of pivot a little bit and see, and this is a great time to, I think, experiment, um, with some of that so without further ado we are hopping into the big board and uh i am in there right now just 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 enter oh my gosh <laughs> hope you guys uh i don't know if anybody got in here if anybody was waiting but uh that's uh pretty hilarious i was the 12th person to enter so you guys are not going to be able to bury me this is actually this actually works quite well if i'm trying to go uh, more high T here, as we see. Sorry, R Rabona. That's a fun, that's a funny slash interesting name, Rabona King. But I apologize. I did try to let you know. Like I, I said it before I even clicked the button. But uh, we're in here. We're in the draft. Apologies if no one here was able to make it. Let me uh, get into my. Uh, 
sign into my uh, draft hacker here. All right, sign in is successful. Go over. Oop, oop, oop. Didn't want to do that. All right. Got my draft hacker set up, picking out of the 103. And I got a, I got a little idea here what I want to do out of the 103 to kind of lean into what I was mentioning um, before with the high T-ish, the high T-ish start. CMC goes 101 as expected. Hello, Colin. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. So I'm on the clock here. I would normally take CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, or Jamar Chase. I don't have a lot of breeze. And I just mentioned I'm I'm leaning into some of the high T-ish starts, or I want to. I I haven't actually <laughs> leaned into much high T-ish starts, but I love I love Brees. I love Brees, and I'm trying to get a little bit more Brees. Yep, exactly. Mountain Man says Brees at three. B. Kurt, you were close. Bijan pulling Bijan. That, that's also something that I'm interested in doing is taking the Bijan or Jameer Gibbs, pulling them up, you know, to somewhere like the 103. And then, you know, flipping the build, if you will, with that player and then getting some unique combinations with them is definitely something that I'm looking to do. But I'm starting out first. Um, I just want to get my Brees. Ex- like, I d- Brees is so fascinating in that. Uh, um, <laughs> this is. This is great. Paulino definitely wanted to be in this draft now. Yeah. If Eric is drafting Brees Hall in the first round at the 103 over all those other wide receivers, yeah, I'm I'm giving away some free EV here. That is for damn sure. But Brees is like one of those guys that um quite frankly, I want to be like I think I want to be overweight on, which is kind of uh uh Pardon my French, a mind fuck for me because I, I'm tr- like I w- I really also want to be overweight the wide receivers that are going there and so what does that mean right like what does that mean are you, you going to just deal with it and not get overweight on Brees Hall are you which one of those wide receivers are am I going to have to take an underweight position on or is it Christian McCaffrey you know that I'm if I'm going to get overweight on Brees Hall something has to give um, and he doesn't generally fall. But I just feel like Brees is in this perfect situation where we saw, like, that wasn't really the the floor outcome last year, of course. But, like, assuming health, that's, like, it it cannot get much worse than the Jets' offensive environment last year. And he still was, like, awesome for fantasy. And so, in his prime, super young running back, this this is what I feel. Paulino says Brees might be the 101 next year. I think I might even... If I'm betting, I, I don't want to bet on a running back because of the injury type stuff, and he is attached to an old, unreliable Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. But like, gosh, if I'm going to bet on a running back to be the one on one, I think I would bet Brees over CMC next year. Uh, Brees definitely gets on base. This is absolutely freaking hilarious. J. Mike got into the overflow draft of the folks who were trying to hop in this one, and it's it's a badge fest. All you guys uh, drafting against each other. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Omega says I've seen Brees go one hundred and one. That that that's not that's not surprising uh, at all to me. Totally, to be totally honest with you, I, I 
I don't think it's I don't even think it's crazy to rank Brees as your 101. I really don't. I really don't. I think it's I think it's pretty wide open there at the top. Um from McCaffrey to Brees, but I would say those top wide receivers and and Brees also. Oh, I guess I'm gonna take Devontae again here. Huh? See, this is where the whole running back thing. Yeah, we're gonna take Devontae Adams. I'm all in is a 101 uh, Brees guy. But Sean, thank you. Appreciate you for the super chat. Sean asks, you think at least four rookie quarterbacks will be week one starters in the NFL, considering the Patriots, Steelers, Commanders, Broncos, Raiders, Falcons need QBs. Four. So the over-under is definitely three and a half. Three are are almost locks, right? So uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels are about as close to locks as we can get now it's jj mccarthy bo nicks michael Penix, not really spencer rattler i would say jj mccarthy is feeling like i would i would bet yes on jj mccarthy is kind of what i'm saying i, I if i'm gonna if I'm going to take right. So if I set the line at three and a half rookies starting week one, I feel pretty good about betting the over. Cause I know I'm getting three and I just need to get one of JJ McCarthy and Bo Nix in there. And I guess technically Michael Penix Jr. And so when I get the outs on all three of those guys, just needing one of them, I think I would take it. And then if I'm, if I'm putting my chips on one of them, it would definitely be, um, it would definitely be McCarthy, uh, which kind of makes me sick, which kind of makes me sick, but um, it is what it is. We talked, uh, we talked kind of at length on the, uh, <laughs> we talked at length on a lot of things in the uh, rookie guide with Kareen and myself, obviously, but we talked at length about JJ McCarthy. And uh, I think he's pretty interesting from a best ball perspective. That's uh I need to two things. One, I don't think I want to take him much, if at all, in this tournament, at least not yet, because I don't I don't believe in the player to use my favorite catchphrase. I don't really think JJ McCarthy gets on base. Uh, I don't personally see it. I'm not a fan of, you know, the uh, Shaq meme or whatever uh you know i wasn't familiar with your game i'm familiar with jj mccarthy's game and i'm not a fan but i do i don't want to be so stubborn around any rookie quarterback really that's going completely free in drafts once we have some information that he might start and for mccarthy specifically he's probably going to land in a spot that is good for fantasy because he's not going to go to one of these really crappy teams at the top. Although the air quotes, crappy teams are pretty good for fantasy outside of the Patriots. He's not going to go to one of those teams. It's going to be, you know, a Vikings, a Falcons, uh, something like that, where even like the Steelers, I don't suspect it doesn't sound like they're going to take a quarterback, but like, it wouldn't be crazy. And as much as we hate Arthur Smith, throwing to Pickens and Deontay in a, a generally efficient offense. I mean, the quarterback fantasy points have really not been an issue in Atlanta <clears throat> and Ryan Tannehill was at his best under Arthur Smith. So all those situations I think are 
are pretty advantageous for a rookie quarterback that I don't want to be completely overly stubborn on on McCarthy. And so I think your question, Sean, I appreciate you asking that and appreciate the super chat, of course, that um, uh, there, this is going JJ uh, Benjamin says JJ could be a Bronco. Another that's a, it's another good one. Thank you for, for pointing that out. Um, the Broncos are much more to me similar to the Patriots in being a bad spot, but it's not quite as bad as the, uh, as the Patriots. So that's what, so like on the McCarthy thing, my damn chair broke um, on the McCarthy thing, just had to get a new, new desk chair. Cause my damn chair is a uh, It's very old. I've needed a new chair for some while for, for, for quite some time. And I finally had to just cave in. I'm old. My back, I have a terrible back and um, my chair is not very stable. It's a tough scene. You really need a good chair if you're going to talk for four hours about J.J. McCarthy and Malik Washington and Keon Coleman. That's what I learned. I didn't really learn a lot about the rookies from that other draft, but I certainly learned I need to get a new chair if I'm going to be so fucking long-winded. I'll get to some of these questions. Keep them coming. We're riding solo. I'm here to answer your questions and draft a team with some goddamn early running backs. Oh my God. See, this chair is just trash. I almost just freaking fell over. This is interesting though. A falling Pacheco could possibly be in play here. I have all of 4% of Isaiah Pacheco. Um, And there he goes. So never mind on that. Um, Gosh, I don't really love James Cook. Woof, guys. Woof. Let's do... Let's do Amari, actually. Let's lean into the olds here, huh? We're going to go Amari. We got Devontae already. Let's lean... And Devin says the overflow draft is... Uh, a. am extremely lucky that you guys did not get in... Uh, that you guys did not get in this draft because I'd be getting extremely buried just by taking praise in the first round. I am, uh, I am sure. Agree. Thank you, Devin. Hit that like button. It, seriously, I'm going to be that guy. Hugely beneficial. Just a quick, a quick like, a quick subscribe. It means the absolute, absolute world to us if you can do that, if you're hanging out. Um, I really hate this area of the draft. I don't love Zay at this price. So I think I don't have, I have one Ken Walker team, one Calvin Ridley. Yeah, this is, and I figured it out. We figured it out guys. Terry McLaurin, a guy who I'm pretty excited about actually. Um, I think it was hacker, our resident, uh, Tech Wizard has built these wonderful tools that we have here at Spike Week. Said something today in the Discord that I thought was really good. And uh, it was basically about saying the market is always so comp. The fantasy football, this basketball especially market, is always so confident about which situations are going to be upgrades and which situations are going to be downgrades from both quarterback play and coaching upgrades 
And it's hilarious that sometimes certain players have seemingly just as big of upgrades coming as anybody. And yet um, we don't get the same level of pricing like changes, if you will, on someone like a Terry McLaurin who was not awesome last year and has been like a very good real life wide receiver and a decent fantasy wide receiver, not anything super special, but John Dotson is, I think clearly not like some massive competition. They may not have any massive competition. He's clearly the one in Washington and is almost assuredly RIP to my boy, Sam Howe, but is almost assuredly getting a quarterback upgrade with Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, something like that, or at least an up a theoretical upside uh, upgrade, upside upgrade at quarterback. And we can say whatever we want on Cliff Kingsbury, but there's been fantasy goodness in the Cliff Kingsbury offense, right? And so we know they're going to play fairly fast. We know that you know wide receivers in this air raid offense can be beneficial, and we know Terry McLaurin's good, but the market is like not that in love with him. Like Jordan Addison is not as good of a football player as Terry McLaurin is the second option on his offense. He was okay for fantasy last year, but when Justin Jefferson was healthy, Addison was like not special. TJ Hawkinson will be back at some point, we assume, you know, during the middle of the season. And there's like a ton of risk. Like who is, is it, is JJ McCarthy, right? What if JJ McCarthy is the Vikings quarterback, Jordan Addison in the fourth round, but Terry McLaurin in the fifth in a wide receiver heavy market now, right? These running backs have gotten pushed down and uh, uh, the, the wide receivers are, you know, way pushed up. I'm taking a freaking Amari Cooper in drafts but McLaurin hasn't gotten a lot of love uh I think he's a guy who I came in he's gonna be in my um article that I'm putting together that I mentioned guys who I've changed my mind on and it's not so much that I've changed my mind on him but just that I was I was into him before but I think it's become more clear that he's gonna be kind of a guy in this like late fourth early fifth round range that i much prefer over the other options that uh are available all right let's flip back and hit some of these questions um yeah sean says i i just think there's a lot of teams looking for a change and this class is pretty deep i agree i i would set the line at three and a half i don't because you know so for a sports book we can't set the line at at four and a half, everybody's going to hammer the under, right? But if I set it at three and a half, I would bet the over, like th- over three and a half minus 150 or something like that would be like what I would set um, the line at. Let's see here. No coral, no quarterback correlations set up. I cannot, I can't, I'm going to, here we go. I've been, I've been meaning to get a little more Ramondre in my life. Um, and I like him in this tier quite quite a bit. Ramondre is is a pretty fascinating one who it w- was going, you know, kind of closer to the two three turn. Certainly in the third round last year, <clears throat> and 
nothing has really changed for him except the offense should theoretically get better with a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, put Jaden Daniels on this offense or something, and you have a big upgrade there that's possible they get better like by leaps and bounds on offense. And yet, and Ramondre was pretty good last year, like all things considered, pretty good for the situation that he was in. And now he's going after older veteran free agent running back, like Derrick Henry. I know I just took him before Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb, like off a pretty serious, and we have gotten into some, some this is, we got some issues here. At the, <laughs> There are no wide receivers um, even to like look at here. Um, I'm going to take David and Joku as you see here, one of my guys, but I'm setting up a little because I have Amari Cooper. I, I actually don't have, don't really want to take Deshaun Watson, but this does give me outs to the Deshaun Watson stack. I can take one of my favorite things to do in these tournaments is set up some of these little correlations along the way, these secondary stacks, right? Have Amari Cooper and have David Njoku. I've got the Browns pass game on lock. If I need Deshaun Watson late, right? Like this draft doesn't work out for me at the quarterback position. I get locked out of the guys that I really want. I got Deshaun Watson in my back pocket if I absolutely need it. But I also get the benefits of this stack by just taking these two guys. I don't have like last year, um, my team that made a run in Best Ball Mania that ended up finishing 12th had a Seattle stack without Geno. It had, um, I'm trying to think, uh, Pittsburgh without Kenny Pickett. It had, you know, stuff like that. You don't have to force. It had two Dolphins without Tua. It had, I guess I did have uh, Kenny Pickett on that team, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Ignore me. But you get the point, right? I can. I had uh, I had Amon Ra and Sam Laporta without Jared Goff. You can still get benefits of stacking without forcing the quarterback. But you also can give yourself outs to the quarterback if you do take the correlations here, right? The, the team-level correlations, not Week 17 or anything crazy like that since we don't have a Week 17 schedule. But... When I'm kind of breaking ties, that's why I took Njoku right there. It's like, oh my God, I don't really like any of these running backs. The quarterbacks don't, the quarterbacks would be non stacked, which is okay, especially in the big boards, okay. But it, like, when I'm leaning into a flat tier, I clearly like David Njoku. I got like 40% David Njoku. So I like this player. He might even be my top player in the tier, and it gives me that correlation. I really like to lean into uh, that. All right, let's see here. <laughs> Don says Sean Payton's quarterback interview interview has got to be intense. That is for damn sure. I don't think I would want like <laughs> I don't think I would want to go play for Sean Payton. It doesn't seem like an awesome time. It could have been a little bit of Russell Wilson, you know, and and the Broncos just being a mess, but playing for Sean Payton does not seem like an awesome time. And I'm not sure that JJ McCarthy is like the solution to uh, the Sean Payton problem. I, I, neither is Bo Nix or, you know, I, I'm not sure what the solution is to the Sean Payton problem, but probably a veteran, I would say. Um, I like this best balling. Uh, I, I I did not take Justin Fields and he is still available. So he'll be somebody that I'll consider here. Like, what if I love doing this? So I'm glad you, I'm really glad you brought it up and all these guys have, go and there goes Justin Fields. But 
to this point, I think that the fields drafting Justin Fields on two teams that he is obviously not currently on, but that need a quarterback and have like a path to maybe acquiring Justin Fields is such a great thing to do in these tournaments. What's the worst thing that happens? Justin Fields doesn't land on the Raiders. So what? Like, like you don't lose anything by that happening, but you, you do have the potential upside of having this type of a, a team that absolutely no one else has. Um, I'm going to take Jake Ferguson because I have been uh, no, still one of the things that I talked kind of in the opening about adjusting with the market and, you know, being willing to dive into a, a couple more early ish running backs, because also I want to dive into more of these wide receivers. That's another big thing. <clears throat> know me. I can distract myself with any, any, I can get off on a, on a different track within, within any conversation. This wasn't what I was going to say, but on that note, again, if you listen to the, the show with Pat and I, we talked in depth about how deep this wide receiver class, this rookie wide receiver classes and how much we want to dive into the rookie wide receivers. But if I use up all my wide receiver, right, I don't want to take 15 wide receivers on the team. If I use up all those picks early, there's only so many of these more late round rookie wide receivers that I can even draft on a singular team. So I want to try like in this draft specifically setting up a team that allows me to take, you know, four rookie wide receivers to close out this team or, or something like that. And so how do I do that? It is, um, I, here's another correlation you see on your screen, Brian Robinson showing up in green here. This is a, another fun thing to do, right? So I have Terry McLaurin, but taking the running back on that team gives me another at worst, a secondary correlation. If I get now, what it sets me up to do is take a Drake may, Take a Caleb Williams, take a Jaden Daniels, and I have outs to the Raiders. Possibly, you know, I, I don't see how the Raiders land one of those guys, but you never know. Crazy trades happen in in the NFL. Uh, and Washington landing one of those guys, and now I create that Washington stack, right? Uh, and you know, Ramondre with New England, it's setting me up for some of these um, potential correlations. But on the Jake Ferguson thing. Ferguson is a tear break for me at, at tight end. I prefer Pitts to Ferguson. Shocker. Yet again, another year of wasting draft picks on Kyle Pitts. But I am excited about the Falcons, and I am excited about Kyle Pitts. But Ferguson is that tear break, and I feel very comfortable taking two tight ends. Like Even if I take like a Sam Laporta, this is a huge change from what it has been for me in previous years that I feel comfortable taking two. Not only do I feel comfortable, I think it's a substantial edge locking up my tight ends You know, before round nine or whatever, or in round nine or so, taking Jake Ferguson, like take Ferguson and Pitts and Joku and, and Ferguson. Uh, if you like Evan Ingram and Pitts, Trey McBride, Brock Bowers, George Kittle, right? Taking all those guys uh, and two of them. Hey, then I only got to take two tight ends, which is nice. It frees me up to take more of these shots on those rookie wide receivers. It frees me up to be, you know, more open to different structures at the running back position. And I'm getting what I think is like a big edge at the tight end position. I'm getting two guys with strong roles, no questions, and real upside at the position. Like David Njoku was the tight end one from week 10 on last year. I know that there's Deshaun Watson. I have the same concerns. Aren't you worried about Deshaun Watson? 
you know it. You betcha I'm worried about Deshaun Watson. And Jake Ferguson is probably not going to sustain that level of efficiency that he did last season. But he did it last season. He's the Cowboys tight end. Cowboys tight ends have been just like printing presses, right? Back to Jace, the corpse of Jason Witten was good for fantasy. And then Dalton Schultz and now Jake Ferguson. And I think he's a pretty good player. And so I'm just using that to my advantage and compounding it with, okay, I can take a couple a couple more early-ish running backs. I really like the rookie quarterbacks and some of the later round quarterbacks. And I really like the late rookie wide receivers, like as a group, 20 of them. 25 of them. There's a ton of rookie wide receivers that I want to have in my portfolio. So doing these things, understanding, you know, what I like at the end, what we would call drafting back to front, understanding what I like in the end can help drive what I'm drafting, you know, from rounds one through 12 or whatever. Uh, Christopher asked, uh, curious, do you play in dynasty football leagues? I play in one dynasty league that I've been in since my junior year of high school. 35 fairly soon to be 36 uh so long time you know almost 20 years we've had this this league going um that's my only dynasty league that i have left and then i play in one like higher stakes keeper league um a co-owner a really really that's probably my favorite season long uh, like managed season long league is it this keeper league but those are like the only two i, I play in I shouldn't say that. I play in one other dynasty league. Um, so I, I can't believe Jesus you can tell my brain is straight. Oh, look at that. And we get Caleb. That's beautiful. Um, my expectation is that the bears will end up with Caleb Williams, but that's also not a guarantee either. Right. Um, so that I really like, I really like Caleb here. Really, really like Caleb here. And then. I should have. I probably should have tried to take Cole Komet on this team, but such is life. We move on. I like Zamir, as you can see. Actually, I take so much Zamir, and um, I need to get more Jonathan Brooks in my life. I'm going to take him here. I also think he fits on this team really, really nicely. He uh, is another guy we talked about in that <clears throat> rookie, uh, the rookie podcast with Kareem. And I think he he's just such a comfy click in a lot of different structures. And obviously on this team where I drafted Brees Hall in the first round, Ramondre Stevenson and Brian Robinson, I've got like, if those guys are not producing for me early in the season while Jonathan Brooks is coming back from his ACL tear, something went terribly wrong on this team and I'm going to lose regardless. Like Zach Charbonnet and Zamir White are probably not saving this team um at the running back position and so i can kind of layer in jonathan brooks coming on down the stretch to pair with these other guys who are definitely i'm going to be banking on them early early in the season um let's see here jay mike says uh constantly looking through the lens of what will i not i like this what will i not have access to in two months it seems to help me unpack the clutter in the mid rounds i love it i love it i love drafting and not even um it's basically what you said, but to to piggyback on what will I not have access to in two months? What kind of guys can be going here in this middle rounds, like you said, and end up way higher, which is I won't have access to it, but even more so, not just what I won't have access to, what guys can like completely gain tons of rounds of value, right? Um, I, why do I have a lot of Zamir White? 
not because I think Zamir White's awesome. I think he's fine. I think he's a fine running back. I think it's a fine situation for a running back. And I have no idea if they bring Josh Jacobs back or if they add another veteran running back, which really hurts Samir White. But I know it's possible that they don't. I know it's quite possible that they don't. But the market is pretty sure that they're going to add somebody. Because if they, the market didn't think Zamir White was going to be the start, or, you know, if, or if the market didn't think the Raiders were going to add someone to take away from Zamir White, he'd go up by Tajay and these crappy veterans, right? He'd be up in the 60s or something like that. But they're pretty sure that Zamir's not the guy in Vegas. So, like, yeah, I'm going to bet against that. You know what I mean? I, I'm happy to bet against that. And so this, it's, it's exactly what you're saying here. What, won't, what, what, what will not be possible in, uh, in a couple of months? Uh, of course, Best Balling says uh, Lamar passed on flowers for Anthony Richardson. Interesting, interesting strategy. Uh, other Zach, 29. Is the injury the main thing keeping Nick Chubb from going higher, or is the cut risk also a factor? I think it's a. I think it's like a lot of that. We just have no idea. Older running back, brutal injury, could be gone from the Browns, right? Like has never really been a workhorse before. What does that mean? Where will he end up? It's a lot of uncertainty for an older running back, and we're dealing with a lot of uncertainty on a lot of these guys. And so uh, I'm, I'm a bit low on Nick Chubb, and I was actually a little higher on Nick Chubb last year. Uh, so here is perfection. I'm taking Drake May. Get both of these rookie. Now I've I've like almost for sure locked in a stack here, right? Like Caleb Williams and Drake May are like almost assuredly the two of those guys going to Washington and Chicago or Washington and somebody else that trades up or, you know, it, it's almost for sure that Washington is going to have one of those two guys. And so to be able to lock that up is uh pretty nice. I, I'm going to get me a little done TV and wicks. I think in my life here. Yeah. I'm going to take wicks. No, no super strong. Uh, take about Dontavian Wicks to be totally honest with you I think he's pretty good but I, I I just need a little more Packers in my life you know what I mean like that's an offense like I've been taking some Aaron Jones just recently I think my last draft before this one I took Aaron Jones and I don't love that that is not my style of a pick I'm much more of a zero RB bro I'm much more of a ageist certainly at the running back position but the Packers are just seem like one of those offenses. Like you want to talk about a high floor, like small miss, big win offenses, all that talent at wide receiver, uh, ascending Jordan love smart coach just seems like a slam dunk. It's just, we don't have any goddamn idea who to take, right? Is it Reed? Is it Watson? Is it Wicks? Is it Bo Melton? Which, which tight end? Is it Musgrave? Is it Tucker Craft? You know, the only thing we know of is Jordan Love and Aaron Jones. And so we default there a little bit. But I want to be sprinkling through these Packers wide receivers. I want to, I, I hate the price on Jordan Reed, but I don't want to be so stubborn on him because he could be a star. I don't love the price on Christian Watson. It's okay. But we know the upside that he brings. Wicks, like I have no idea, but at pick 147, I'm happy to do that. And I'm going to draft a little Bo Melton, uh, Romeo Dobbs. Right. I'm drafting a little bit of him. I don't want to be like especially underweight on any of the Packers. Uh, I think Musgrave, I'm pretty comfortable being underweight on, but that has a lot more to do with the tight end position, like I outlined uh, before. 
let's see here. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy can't be a quarterback in DC. McCarthyism would be a terrible moniker. Uh, RG turd says Jaden Daniels to the commanders would result in the most electric QB play in Washington since my daddy's you know, poop daddy's my daddy's uh, rookie season. That is for sure. Well, I will say uh, Sam Howell was pretty electric in a lot of bad ways. So let's not, let's cut him some slack here. There was a lot, there was a lot of electricity. It was just usually he was grabbing onto the wire or hopping in the bath with, uh, you know, uh, anybody ever watch a Parks and Rec? You know, Shockwire, if you remember Shockwire, Andy Dwyer uh, mentions that they have a, a wire hanging from above their shower, you know, shocks you while you're in the shower. Uh, that was, that was Sam, Sam Shockwire Howell is probably what we can, uh, what we can call him. Billy asks, um, Shout out Billy, by the way. He's doing some behind-the-scenes stuff for him, stuff for us. I'm very excited about. Trey McBride went right after you. Are you playing him naked through Kyler or a Galaxy Brain rookie? Uh, both of the first two. I love Trey McBride. I'm a little bit like still squeamish because I love him. Like love, love, love him. But he was so damn cheap for such a long time. Not such a long time, but a decent period in this tournament that I'm like now i'm paying the price in the 40s it's like it makes my it makes me a little queasy but i am playing him for sure through let's see if this works I, i've been wanting to get a little more wandale too so we get a nice good price on wandale here i like that what i also love about this is with caleb and drake may i think a lot of people would push this to three quarterbacks no sir we're stopping at two quarterbacks with this like if either of these if either of these guys are even remotely as good as we hope that they're going to be as prospects, like I do not need a third quarterback on this team. And the ups they they certainly bring tons of upside. I probably have them stacked, or I might you know I can mix in some kind of bear Tyler. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. Maybe more just rookie wide receivers and hope you know the Bears draft another rookie wide receiver where I just get lucky in some pairing. But this is another one of those things similar to like the tight end stuff that I mentioned that I think is a fairly substantial edge in these drafts. Um, here's another one I like. Um, I actually do kind of like Josh Palmer, but it looks like, uh, so that third to last number there you see on your screen with Josh Palmer over here, the 50% is uh, how often I have him with my quarterback one. Um, and, you know, so it's not a big deal, but 50% of the time, I have Josh Palmer with Caleb Williams and there's no rhyme or reason for that to be happening, especially when I only have 9% Josh, Josh Palmer. And so um, like, I actually am like, okay on Josh Palmer. I think he's actually kind of a little underrated right now, mostly because I I'm very much expecting Mike Williams to be gone. And Palmer has been a lot better the last two years than I think the market's giving him credit for, but it's a hardball offense. I'm not excited about the chargers. And I certainly have no reason to have him on. I don't, I don't want guys like that. Like, this is what I love about the draft hackers specifically is I don't want guys like that on um, like a, an, a huge amount of random paired teams. Right. So I can like you see here 50 percent, uh, you know, with 50 percent Josh Palmer and Caleb Williams paired together. So not on 50 percent of my teams. He's only on nine percent. So I've only drafted Josh Palmer twice, basically. But 
it's it's constantly with Caleb Williams, right? Same thing with Gino, Daniel Jones. Like these guys are getting paired with Caleb Williams constantly. And I don't I don't want that, right? Gus Edwards. I've taken one Gus Edwards and he's with Caleb Williams. So I want to start to pair. Meanwhile, my guy Ray Davis, I have 65%, but none of them with with Caleb Williams, as you see here with the third, the third uh percentage. So those little things, like it's not a major deal, right? But I do want to be cognizant of just those little, little things. Like I, I'm trying, I'm trying to draft these guys. I don't want to fall into the trap of, I, I like Caleb Williams. I like Drake may, I like Ray Davis and I don't have any of them together. You know what I mean? But I randomly have a bunch of Gus Edwards and Josh Palmer. Like I hate Gus Edwards. I don't even know why I've drafted him. Like I hate, I hate some of those guys. Right. And Josh Palmer's fine, but there's no reason that he's on those teams. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a guy who worries too much about like my heaviest exposure players. Like I, I'll take big stands, especially in the big board where I don't think the market is always pricing things correctly, right? Like I, you saw, I have 65% Ray Davis, I have 40 something percent David Njoku. I'm comfortable taking big stands, but when I'm doing that, I want to make sure that those other little fact, like the pairs of those guys with the other players that I'm drafting is when I really want to hone in on some of that exposure stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, Al Estrada says, I like Njoku, but I'm scared because Watson wasn't really throwing his way. It's definitely true, but Watson wasn't really throwing the ball to anybody. <laughs> I mean, he's throwing it to Amari a little bit, but unsuccessfully what I, my stance on that, it's a great question or a great concern. I'm, I'm legitimately worried about that, but I think the price offsets some of that like if if david and joku had fully broken out like he did you know from week 10 on with watson at quarterback he'd be up there with like mcbride and kelsey and laporta and stuff but we're getting a big discount because the market is like oh no then joku thing was nice but it was all flacco and in reality he started to break out with dtr and pj walker and stuff too it wasn't all flacco you know the the real peak came with flacco but I'm just willing to bet a little bit on the Browns couldn't possibly have watched what David and Joku did down the stretch and say, nah, we're going to go away from that guy. He's not a fixture of our, of our offense. He's not a core piece of our offense. And so um, that's my stance. I'm just betting on the talent and betting that the Browns are not total idiots, which <laughs> we'll see. But um, that's kind of where that's kind of my view on the situation. If that makes sense. Um, so this is where I definitely need to start getting some rookie wide receivers. Let's see here. I'm probably going to take only two quarterbacks, only two tight ends, which gives me 16, 16 running back slash wide receivers to play with here. I want to start taking some of these. Uh, rookie wide receivers It's that I haven't necessarily taken. The other thing I will say, someone might say, oh my gosh, you're reaching on Brendan Rice. Uh, yeah, it's the 16th. It's the 190th pick in a February draft. I think if you're worried about ADP value on February, what is today? February 19th. It's President's Day. I'm not worried about 16th, end of the 16th round ADP value. It is what it is. As you can see here, I've taken tons of Andre Yoshivas and also uh, every Caleb Williams team has Andre Yoshivas. He, he, uh, uh, I am, I'm going to avoid him here on this 
particular team and start to find zero. I really don't like Jermaine Burton very much, but uh, did Malik Washington already go? Did you motherfuckers literally take? Damn. That sucks. All right. I haven't. I I just said I was going to take. I'm going to take Hyatt. I, I told. I'm kind of going to. I'm already. I'm proactively mad at myself about Jalen Hyatt already because he feels very much like a waterfall to me. If you haven't, there's another. Gets on base and waterfalls. My two big uh, catchphrases of the the winter here, soon to be spring. But I. I don't know that Jalen Hyatt can play, but as you see here, I took Wandale and add Jalen Hyatt to it. It gives me another little stack there, secondary stack, right, of Giants wide receivers that to break a tie of these wide receivers. I also, <sighs> Hyatt got onto the field partway through the season and was in a base, you know, a basically an every snap player for the giants. And he did earn some level of targets on a per route run basis. It was not amazing. And he did earn some of that deep volume. He never capitalized on the big play upside that we saw, but I, I, I don't want to just yet completely write off a player like Jalen Hyatt, because we saw at least, him get onto the field and him have some opportunities at some splash plays like we had hoped for. And so if we can bring Daniel Jones back and him maybe play at a, a, a higher level, like he did two years ago, or who knows they bring in, maybe they, you know, Dayball decides, um, I don't know how they can get out from this Daniel Jones contract, but you never know. Maybe they they still want to draft a, a rookie, and that does give you outs to something a little bit better in terms of quarterback play. Just with the correlation, you know, Hyatt could end up being a very Gabe Davisy or Marquez Valdez Scantlini, like a young MVS who, quite frankly, isn't very good, but still is a better in best ball type player, hitting some home runs here and there, and so. When I have Wandale on the team, I'll take a little bit. Uh, I'll take a little bit. Um, let's see here. <laughs> That's great. Why well, take fields when Lance is free? Yeah, exactly. RIP Trey Lance. At least we don't have to have those conversations anymore. I am very happy with the fantasy gods that at least we're not talking about Trey Lance anymore. So that's nice. So we got that going for us at least uh let's see here i'm all in says probably with only my problem with only two tight end or qu quarterback now is we don't have the bye weeks what we don't want is two quarterbacks off or two tight ends off and you miss those points for those weeks and then you miss moving to the playoffs yeah uh a good question from best ball and says so three out of 12 teams advance so that's nice in these tournaments it's easier to advance um i also am not uh, much of a bye week, bro. I don't worry about this really, even when we have the buys. It's also not some like it's also possible you draft three and they all have the same buy. Unlikely, but it's not shielding you from that. So I just legitimately am never going to worry about the buys in this. I can't predict them. It's also 
like it doesn't impact advancing as much as, as people think, because you also, so you get a small uptick because you have your quarter. So there's two weeks out of the year, then, you know, you have, um, uh, you know, so other teams would have bye weeks, right. Where two weeks out of the year, they're one of their quarterbacks is on bye, So they have to count on that other person's score. You can make up a few points in, in those weeks. Um, you're taking, you're taking a zero, you know, you're definitely losing some form of points, but then you also get the boost of you have an extra or two extra running backs and wide receivers that can help you make up some points. And so I, I'm just generally not wor- not too worried about it. Um, I understand the concern, but it's not for me. There's a lot of other things uh, to worry about, and I, I'm not trying to worry about that one. All right. It's definitely Javon Baker time. Love me some Javon Baker. I need to find some of these rookie I want to get more Jalen McMillan in my life. I want to get more Jacob Cowing in my life. I want to get. Let's see here. I'm actually. Okay. I took Charlie Jones on that Caleb team as well. So I don't want to do that. Just scrolling my rookies here to see if there's anything that I've missed. Thus far, not in particular. Cody Latimer. Somebody has drafted Cody Latimer. What the? F- Cody Latimer? Who put their American dollars on Cody Latimer? That's crazy. All right, I'm t- I'm, I'm I'm doing it. I'm taking Ronnie Rivers as my sixth sixth and final running back. We're gonna end uh, with another wide receiver, another rookie wide receiver but to close out my running back room uh I, I forgot to mention about eli mitchell i actually really like eli mitchell on this team but uh quickly to run down the running back room and for the audio listeners Brees hall ramon J. stevenson brian robinson who i am a bit excited about with antonio gibson almost assuredly gone also excited about chris rodriguez but i don't want to draft him uh, personally on this on a team with brian robinson jonathan brooks eli mitchell and ronnie rivers so what we got here is the top three guys all looking pretty good uh, at the start of the season, all with varying levels of, of upside. Obviously, Brees is a strong anchor. Then we layer in Jonathan Brooks, almost assuredly not helping me to start the season, but he's the best running back in this class. Just get me through those first X amount of weeks with those top three guys, and then all of a sudden I'm adding some Jonathan Brooks juice down the stretch and in the playoff weeks. Hugely important for these, these tournaments to have that level of upside, and Brooks definitely brings that. Plus – Two straight handcuffs, right? Eli Mitchell and Ronnie Rivers, straight handcuffs. They're not really all Eli Mitchell could, you know, stumble into the end zone once or twice while Christian McCaffrey is out there, but unlikely, unlikely. Right. And so, um, though, but those guys, again, you want to talk about guys who could come on with an injury later in the season. And the next thing, you know, right, like you have Brees who could be like the RB one, you have two other starting quality young running backs on however we want to view those offenses and then three backs who could like really come on strong down the stretch and be right. If something happens to the current, if something happens to CMC and Brooks gets healthy, you could end up with like six top 10 running, you know, six top 10 running top 15 running backs all on the same roster. If things break your way and then you come over to these other positions, right. And you layer in like the youth upside, Caleb Williams and Drake may two strong tight ends right? David and Joku and Jake Ferguson, and then a, some, some veteran wide receivers mixed with some rookie 
shots and young player shots at wide receiver. This is kind of how I like to build these big board teams. The other thing as to why I selected Eli Mitchell specifically, you see him highlighted in green here on the old draft hacker. I took Debo Samuel in the third round. I love the concept of correlated contingent value. If something happens to Christian McCaffrey, Eli Mitchell becomes a smash, right? He's we would if something happens to Christian McCaffrey, Eli Mitchell's a guy you want on your teams. But also, that's a boost to Debo Samuel. We saw that in the past, right? Assuming Debo stays healthy, it's a boost to Debo Samuel. He probably gets a few more carries and maybe they throw it a little bit more and Eli Mitchell's not the receiver that Christian McCaffrey is. So that helps Debo out. One thing happens, one scenario plays out and two players on your roster benefit, right? Um so that's I love that pairing specifically uh with the 49ers. All right, four picks away. We're going to take one more rookie wide receiver. Um apologies, I know I'm not caught up on all of whose job will Brooks take? Great question. I have no idea. What's the latest on Brooks's knee? Um it's pretty it, it wasn't uh it wasn't, you know, as catastrophic as a Javante. It was more of a a Brees type knee injury. I don't mean that he'll be Brees. I mean that the way what happened to his knee was more, you know, clean and not as major as Brees or as a Javante was more like Brees and by all reports is he's going to be fine. And my god, these guys are recovering so fast from an ACL. That is that is for sure. Yeah, this is so true. Go anybody that hasn't seen this, I have a buddy who's a Packers fan. He sent me this video that Shuby says the video of Wicks and Reed working out with the high school kids last week has me wanting more Wicks. He looks yeah, then Shuby says he looks great in shorts. Yes, he does. Good lord. The guy I didn't realize that Dontavian Wicks was kind of that beastly. Did my whole did you guys draft all of those rookie? All right, so I'm going to fall. I'm just start. I don't want to take Darnell Mooney, but I don't have a rookie back here that I really like. And he's a fallback from my Bears correlation. Wow. I'm taking Mooney. I really wanted to take another rookie. So I'm pretty upset about that, actually. But you can make a case for Mooney. I, I just don't have, like, I don't like Johnny Wilson. I don't like Luke McCaffrey. Taj Washington like I don't want to use my bullets there you could argue that I still should have just taken one of those rookies but all of our favorite rookies have been really soaked up and pulled up to what we talked about in the intro and so I wanted to uh take uh let me pull this team back up really quickly and we can run it down just wanted to side with the I, I got the Washington stack I got the you know, I got probably the Bears and the Washington's rookie quarterbacks. Let's just take Mooney, um, who theoretically can be better with Caleb Williams. I don't know. It's okay. Um, yes, best balling. Yeah, I, it's funny because I took Brees in this draft and I took B-Rob in this draft. I'm coming around a lot on Chris Rodriguez. Shout out Hacker for helping me uh, kind of see the light on Chris Rodriguez. But it's like... Ronnie Rivers, <clears throat> like Chris Rodriguez, Izzy Abanacanda, like some of these uh, handcuff running backs. I also obviously like the starter, and you got to make sure it's not the worst thing in the world to handcuff in this tournament, but I really don't want to be actively doing it. So you got to make sure to remember to uh, 
to uh, avoid that. Uh, Leggett, yeah, uh, not a big Leggett guy. Not a big Xavier Leggett guy. So um, I'm not going to personally prioritize him. Benjamin asked, what's your Pearsall exposure? Also not a Pearsall guy. I have not taken him uh, yet. I'm willing to be swayed on just about any uh, rookie wide receiver, but I'm not big on Pearsall. <laughs> it's funny. Hyatt did have a game with 90 plus yards. Has Wandale ever, ever done that once? Yes. Once. Uh, not, not great. Yeah. I, I'm going to sprinkle some Jamari thrash. Benjamin asked about thrash. I just also really can't do it with Luke McCaffrey. I, I do as much as I love the rookies. I do tend to draw a little bit of a line. I'm a little bit stubborn and that's potentially a flaw that I will own, but, uh, uh, I, I'm not a big uh, Luke McCaffrey guy. Trey Tucker was a good one, probably the wide receiver three for the Raiders. Uh, that was a good one. Um, oh, thank you, Charles. Charles. Thank you, Terrence. Terrence Charles uh, for the, the San Francisco thing. All right, let's run down this team, then we'll get out of here. Make sure you join us again tomorrow. Please, on your way out, hit the like and subscribe button. We would really appreciate it. Uh, it's super helpful for us, totally free, um, if you can. All right. I said I wanted to lean into a little bit more running backs early, and we get the 103. And frankly, I want to be a little bit overweight. Brees Hall, which is crazy for me, if you know me with running backs, but I got a thing for Brees. What can I say? Brees Hall out of the 103. Come back, take Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, and Terry McLaurin. Actually, a pretty fun, you know, veteran group, older wide receiver group, which has its own risks. But I think we're getting some value on Devontae. Terry McLaurin, maybe Amari, but those other guys for sure, uh, I really like the value there. I, I'm, I'm pretty high on Ramondre. I understand some people that aren't, but also really like him in these builds um, where I can you know, make him my RB2 and then come back to the zone of running backs that I really like where I took Brooks in this uh, draft, but Zamir is there, Ty Chandler is there, Zach Charbonnet is there, um, a whole big group of, of running backs there that I really, really like, Chuba. Etc. Come back and stick to my tried and true tight end. Um, excuse me, elite tight end, air quotes elite tight end double pairing. It's my favorite thing to do, probably my single favorite thing to do in all of these drafts. Get Brian Robinson, who I'm I'm pretty bullish for for Brian Robinson. Get both of the uh, rookie quarterbacks, Caleb Williams and Drake May, uh, surrounded J uh, Jonathan Brooks pick, who I discussed earlier take a scroll back and listen to uh, uh kind of how jonathan brooks fits on on best ball teams that are really why i really really like him dontavian wicks got some packers exposure wandale robinson elijah mitchell also talked a little bit about why elijah mitchell specifically makes a lot of sense on debo samuel teams then we started with some wide receiver flyers which is part of why i wanted to go a little bit more running back focused at the start uh don't have any brendan rice first time i've taken i've taken uh, Brendan Rice, I think he's fine. That's about all I'll say on Brendan Rice. Intriguing, but not my favorite rookie. But those are the kind of guys I want to make sure I get my exposure to. Uh, Jalen Hyatt talked a little bit about how I agonized over him, and he's a polarizing type player that I can see from both angles. Uh, Javon Baker, one of my favorite late rookie wide receivers is Javon Baker. Ronnie Rivers, one of my favorite late handcuff running backs. And then... Um, yeah, thra I probably would have uh, scooped up Jamari Thrash. So I hate you, uh, what EID banger. I hate you. Uh, I would have loved to get a Jamari Thrash share here, but end up taking Darnell Mooney. Don't love that. Don't love that close, but 
was a little a little panicked to be totally honest with you it happens uh that's what happens when you don't set a queue and when you don't prepare and there also weren't really any rookie wide receivers there to close it out that i wanted um Working on baseball ranking, working on a lot of different stuff. Billy asked if there's a baseball draft coming soon. We're going to get some baseball content out there, yes, for sure. And we're going to get some NBA playoff best ball content out there for sure. In the meantime, we're going to keep hammering these drafts, especially on Underdog and on Drafters. Join us tomorrow at the same time, 7 p.m. Eastern. I think Rob will be here. I'm not sure if Rob will be here. Uh, hit the like if you want to see Rob. Don't hit dislike if you, if you don't want to see Rob. Just uh, comment that you don't want to see Rob. If you don't want to see him tomorrow, we'll be back drafting on drafters tomorrow. We're going to keep firing through and finding, seeing if we can navigate our way to the winners, the best structures in, in these tournaments. I like this team we did tonight. I think we can improve it a little bit more tomorrow. So we'll see you guys then have a good night. Enjoy the rest of your holiday and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.